All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Brooklyn Boxing Podcast. I have a very special guest today, Cosmos Livanos. He is the founder and promoter of Global, Global Legion Promotions, um, a very interesting promotion. Excited to talk about it. Thanks for joining today. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, we talked a little bit the other day, got some of your backstory um, on your origins in Greece. And then, you know, a lot of time in your life has been spent in UK as well. Um, before we get into Global Legion, I wanted to talk to you about kind of your childhood in Greece. I thought it was really interesting um, looking into your backstory too. your, your family involved in politics. So there's been sort of a internal fighting spirit um, that runs in your veins. Um, yeah, well, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, I do come from a, a from family that um, is, it, it, you know, incredibly politically charged. Yes, uh, all my all my uh, all my family is involved till this day. My brother's very heavily involved in politics. Um, Although politics have changed and politicians alongside politics uh, nowadays, um, it, it, you know, there was a lot more valor and, and substance to, to politics, you know, um, up until us, I'd say the sort of, you know, early 80s. Uh, so, um, yeah, um, especially in, uh, in places, small countries like, uh, like Greece, for example, I mean, but Greece is my country, happened in Cuba, happened in Nicaragua happened in, you know, many places around the world where, um, you know, uh, by the left or right wing dictators take over. And, um, you know, that that's the ultimate challenge and the ultimate fight is freedom. That's the, you know, it's the number one uh, gift we get when we were born is to be free. And um, so, yeah, my father was indeed and my grandfather opposed to the uh, uh, fascist right wing regime in 1967. And, um, um, and fought and, you know, got captured and tortured and really, really nasty stuff that, the stuff you see in movies, basically. Um, and so I guess um, the, uh, you know, the sentiment of, of, of a fight is, is very, very familiar because that's what we, we did on a big scope. And quite frankly, um, when, when I, whenever I've asked him, I, I, his, his past now, whenever I asked him, I said, um, you know, I don't feel like I've got substance nowadays because, uh, you know, I don't have anything to fight for. And, and he turned around and says to me, he says, you know, you, you know, you fight just fine in your ring and whatever you do, because the reason we fought is so that you can box and don't have to fight. And I got it. Do you see what I'm saying? But nonetheless, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's an internal instinct for sure yeah and something that you know you probably helped kind of guide you into your own combat experience right you have some martial arts experience um tell me a little bit about i guess when you first started training um in any sort of combat arts like what drew you into it um maybe that escape from from troubles you know outside of the gym um well i mean 
like everybody around my generation, I'm in my almost 50, 49, um, got inspired by Bruce Lee, obviously. Uh, that You know, that's Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, you know, Jackie Chan, dare I say, and um, uh, later on, you know, Van Damme and those fantastic movies in the 80s. That's what sort of got us going. Um, um, actually, was also the, the the series Kung Fu with Lee Van Cleef. If you remember that, that's, that's a lot older. But uh, so yeah, the only thing that existed back then uh, in Greece uh, was Taekwondo. So we all did that, uh, and um, you know it was uh, it was quite it was quite something, you know, because uh, um, they had uh, they had just introduced the half belt which did not exist. I don't know if they even do them anymore. So that, but technically there's no half belts. It was an introduction. So therefore it took a long time to get your black belt. <laughs> so um, you had to have quite a lot of commitment and, you know, at a young age is quite hard. So, but that's, that's the first thing I ever did. And then I did, um, uh, um, I went into Kung Fu because that's the other thing that existed there. Um, and, um, what age were you? What age were you like? Oh, no, 13. 13. 13, yeah. Um, and then um, I had a break because I, I moved to England. So I played rugby for, for a number of years um, and I didn't train. And then when I came back, I, I started uh, boxing. Um, and then later on, when I went back to England, about 10 years later, you know, MMA was starting to go, you know, with Tito and, you know, um, all, all those guys. And um, I started, you know, training MMA. Um, and uh, then I went, when I moved to LA, which I moved about 10 years ago, that's when I started getting really serious about jiu-jitsu and, and MMA, so to speak, as a, a really a good friend of mine, um, Quite, quite a, a an understated and uh, underappreciated fighter called Fabiano Iha. Uh, back in the early days of the uh, UFC, he was called the king of the armbar. You check him out. He was just the king of the armbar, right? So he's a good friend of mine. So I started training with him and Marcus Vinicius, who was one of the first, um, you know, red stripe black belts in, in Jiu-Jitsu under um, uh, Draculino, I believe. And, um, and yeah, I took it very seriously. Yeah, it's funny. Know. It's funny you say, you know, jujitsu. I, I actually just kind of started getting into it. I've been training the last couple of months and uh, had practice earlier today. So my voice might be a little hoarse from getting choked. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still learning to escape certain positions, but it's uh, quite the martial art. And um, like you alluded to, there's a lot of, you know, legends that, of, of, of course, the Gracie family with the, you know, beginnings of the UFC. And that was kind of the, the coming out party for jujitsu and made it more mainstream. So there's a really interesting backstory on that topic as well. But one thing, um, you know, you're telling me all about your travels and your journey through fighting and different arts, but while this is going on, you're also headline, you're the, you're the lead in your own band. That's right. Uh, that's absolutely right. And on tour quite a lot. Um, and and it's, it's quite funny. People think that touring is all about sex, drugs and rock and roll. It wasn't that for me. It was training and working. You know, it, it was. And that's why I think it went well. 
you know, because there was a lot of discipline. Well, so we were quite good at what we did. None of the band was a, you know, there was no druggies in the band. There was a few druggies in the crew. There always is a druggie, uh, which is fine, you know, don't get me wrong. But it was, you know, it was a killer band, but we were together, you know, we like had it together. So uh, it was it was a great, great time of my life. Um, I remember stopping for gas and actually going out there and doing pad work in the sort of middle of the field somewhere in sort of Alabama. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, so, it, you know, it was a very, very big part of my life. I, I wasn't, you know, ready to uh, to abandon it. So the, the, the two were happening at the same time, which is great. Yeah, that's pretty interesting that everyone in the band was involved in that um, very unique. Well, they weren't actually all involved, but nobody was involved. Nobody was Everybody had their own practice. You know, one guy did yoga, the other guy did, you know, they were all, because we were a little bit older when we found success in America, you know, we had gone past the stage of sort of breaking up hotel rooms and losing our, you know, deal money <laughs> to, to rubbish. And we really wanted to do well. So, you know, look, you don't make it past a certain age if you don't get it together. Music is just like any other business. You know, it's a myth this whole thing about, you know, like one out of a million, yes, does really well and there's a Janice Joplin or any wine house. But most people fuck it all up if um, if if they're not if they're not got it together. So, you know, it's a hard job. It's a very, very difficult job. You know, uh, you literally sort of um, are on the road all the time. You're sleeping in a bus, you know. It's, it's it, it, you know, and you've got to have your stuff together. You've got to be quite, you know, Every single night, no matter what mood you're in, you've got to go out there and entertain people and give them what they came for, which is, you know, entertainment and forget about life for a minute, you know. Um, and you might not be in the mood to do so. So, you know, I took it very seriously, but I think the two helped each other's success, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in hearing from you about, like, how performing with your band could tie into almost the fighter experience when they are training or fighting. Um, you know, it's a performance, it's a way to escape. It's a, a great question. That's a, a great question. Yeah. A different, a different personality or, or even, you know, person is within you. Right. And that is a way to show it. Like when you were performing with music, was it, was that persona at all, similar to the one you feel when you train or fight or is that it's just multiple personalities within yourself look i think it is definitely a a uh, the same kind of way of escapism you know escape out of normality you know escape out of the sort of uh, life gets quite boring unless you have outlets like that since a young age i've always sort of liked to be a performer and you know, there's a lot of similar. It's a fantastic question because I've I've thought about it quite often. Um, there's a lot of similarities in the the sense of of the performance aspect of it. Like when you are in a dressing room, getting ready to do a show, no matter how many shows you've done, your knees wobble a little bit. You know what I mean? And as you go, you 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 know you um, you move on. You learn not to show it, but you feel it. It's the same thing with every fighter. There's no fighter, 
no matter if you've got 100 fights, that you're going to go in there and not feel a little bit of fear. It's, how, it's just how it is. But what you learn is to have a commanding presence and command your opponent and command the crowd, right? In, in essence, we don't have an opponent, although sometimes there has been quite a lot of roughing up and gigs. I mean, I can tell you stories about that, let me tell you. Uh, but in the sense of being in charge, you know what I mean? Being in charge of, of what's happening right there and then and being the center of attention. Uh, the second thing is, uh, believe it or not, it's the lights. So when you've got a lot of lights on you and you've only got a crowd, it's really blinding because you can't really see, right? So you can see me, but I can't really see you very well. So it's, uh, it's, it's, quite, it's quite daunting, but yes. So um, it, it is very similar in that sense. And it is very similar in the sense that, excuse me, it's, um, it's great to have alter egos. It's just great. You know, um, I don't have one right now. Maybe I should get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe there's... I remember touring with Alice Cooper, who's a great guy and a fantastic performer. And talk about alter ego. He speaks about himself in the third person. He doesn't speak about, oh, when I tour. He says, when Alice tours. Because he is so very different. He goes and plays golf every morning. You know what I mean? He's just not the guy that you see on stage. Um, so, And people, people love, and kind of bring this back to the fight game, you know, top, everyone kind of talks about Conor McGregor in that sense. He's like the easy example, but he's certainly not the only one. Many fighters have created in the past and currently a persona for themselves to put out there as a performance for people to buy into. And that's such an important thing, right? As yourself, who's, you know, running a promotion now, um, you look for guys that bring that sort of performance quality or that X factor that maybe isn't their genuine, genuine self. Maybe I shouldn't say genuine self, but you get what I'm trying to say there. They bring something. I do. I do. The sellers. Yeah. They're look, selling. Again, um, I, I, I happen to be very, very close to the first guy that did that successfully, which is rampage. He was by far until this day, I think probably the most successful at doing that, at putting on a, a performance. But if you meet rampage is the nicest, sweetest guy you could ever meet. Like, there is nobody nicer than him. People take advantage of him. He's, like, so sweet. Uh, and he's got a tremendous sense of humor. There was no accident that he got a role in the A-team playing Mr. T. Um, so he was the first one that transitioned into, into that world. Conor McGregor, in a strange sort of way, I think he's like that in everyday life. <laughs> I think that's not a performance. I think he's mental. I think, yeah. like, I think you see what I'm saying? <laughs> um, like him and, and you know, Nick, Nick and Nick Diaz, I think they're nuts all the time. Yeah, that's you fair. Know what I mean? mean, they've even been bouncing back and forth on, uh, even like on social media the other day. They're tweeting back and forth at each other, and McGregor and Nate says, "Like, why are you talking shit? You got a broken leg." And he's like, "I'll fight you right now!" Like, and he's kind of genuine. Like, he is really nuts. They, they um, really are genuine, which is great. Yeah, which is great. But you know, putting on a performance and being that type, that sort of Brock Lesnar type of guy, or you know, um, I mean, Brock Lesnar for me is a phenomenal example because people, you know, he's the man you love to hate, isn't he? Um, <laughs> and being the man you love to hate is a, is a really big success. It's just really great. 
So, and he's done that purposefully. And I'm sure, I mean, I haven't met him in person, but I'm sure he's just as nice as anybody else when you meet him in real life and sort of super nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, the WWF does teach you how to do that very well. So, yeah. People love, people love drama. It's just, oh, they, love they, love they love drama. It. And Rampage, you know, for people that don't know, I mean, you should know he's a, you know, combat sports legend, UFC champion, and um, even back to the pride days in Japan, like highlight. Very respected in Japan, by the way. Very, very respected, respected, yeah. Still this day. Yeah. And crazy highlights from those pride, that pride era. Um, but now he's uh, looking to fight Shannon Briggs, former heavyweight world champ in boxing. Um, so they've been playing around with each other on Instagram and all that and showing the the humor side. Um, but interested if, uh, you know, you've talked with Quentin at all about that or, or maybe how he's... More than I've talked about it because I'm involved in that whole thing. But look, the problem is both of them, um, because I know both of them quite well, and they're, you know, I don't know if they can get in shape. <laughs> That's the problem there, you know, the, between you and me. I mean, I wouldn't want to... Actually, maybe we should sort of cut that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, yes, um, I've actually tried to put him, you know, w uh, on global to 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 do that sort of thing, and he would prefer to do it in my show than any other show because he feels comfortable. Uh, we just haven't been able to work out a deal. But the problem is, once you stop loving to fight, you stop loving to fight, and Rampage doesn't love fighting anymore. You know, you could see that on uh, after the last fight, he actually really fought was King Mo, I believe. Um, or Fedor. Fedor, that was not a real fight. He wasn't into that yeah. fight at all. Yeah. He wasn't into that fight. He wasn't into the fight with uh, Shale Shannon. He wasn't into the fight, you know. Uh, um, uh, he, he, he lost that spark after the last fight with King Mo, in my opinion. Um, you know, he's been around a while, you know. And, and at some point, you've got to call it a day. You really have to call it a day. The problem is right now, everybody's gotten into that sort of, which actually I'm going to pride myself in saying I've, I've been talking about, and that's why I did, I've done this hybrid thing, this whole of MMA meets boxing, right? It's, it's, it's this thing, there's a lot of money uh, around it, so people are trying to cash out, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess a fight between uh, um, uh, Rampage and Briggs could be great if they were both in shape. Like like we watched uh, uh, Tyson fight um, uh, Roy, Jones. Roy Jones. They were both in shape. That was great. That was. You know, they were a bit slower. That was a great fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, that exceeded my expectations. No really doubt. Really did. It really did. Or that kid fighting Jake Paul, whatever his name is. People, you know, sort of slag him off. But quite frankly, I give him credit. Yeah. Because if you look at him, the, the kid's boxing. Right? I mean, you know, he's 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 not perfect. He's far from perfect. And I don't know quite exactly what happened the other night or what happens in those fights between you and me. But the thing is, you know, you, you know, he's not. He is a boxer. He can call himself a boxer. No doubts about it. Um, so, right. um, yeah, the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley thing, like for me, when Jake and his brother and that whole like YouTube, social media, at first I was not definitely like very against me, it. Me neither. Um, however, this past event, the silver lining that I saw, um, cause there's kind of a lot to say about, 
I, I could definitely give him props. He's training hard and um, all of that. But the silver lining for like real fight fans is Montana Love, who was on the undercard of that fight, boxer from Cleveland, got to fight in front of his home crowd. A lot of people, I'm sure, didn't know who he was. And he had a great highlight real TKO. And his Instagram following like doubled overnight. And now people are talking about a potential fight between him and Gervonta Davis and, you know, top level guy. I heard about that. Yeah. So it did tremendous things for Montana Love. Of course, uh, Amanda Serrano as well on the undercard. So, you know, if it is going to shine light on a lot of these boxing stars to a brand new audience, you know, that is hopefully, you know, the, the outcome there. I guess you follow you follow the trend where it goes uh, and you follow the path, don't you? But it's interesting. I was having this conversation about 15 years ago, I remember, with a mate of mine in New York. He's got a little cafe over there called Tea and Sympathy. You might have been there. Um, and um, huge boxing fan at the time. I was, you know, really into my MMA at the time because I found it so exciting. It was Randy Couture era, roughly. Yeah. And I was, I was a huge fan, still am. I, like Randy Couture for me is you know, one of the people that took the sport from A and took it to B, you know, he, he changed the level of, of of the game in the sense that he really perfected the combination of wrestling as he was and his boxing and all that sort of stuff. So I was a huge fan. We had this conversation at dinner and uh, and I said, listen, mate, you watch this and in 10, 10 years' time, it's going to happen. Because in 10 years' time, I remember him saying it, you know, Randy Couture, we're watching, uh, we'll be watching boxing from his trailer, moving his sort of area, which is a sort of, and I said, well, let's see, let's see, you know, and, 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 and it went my way. And in fact, it's quite interesting. Not, what, what has happened with this sort of movement and shaking of, of the two sports is that MMA pushed boxing to become better. I don't know if you've noticed, but for, for a little while there, boxing went down the hill. And all of a sudden, you see fighters going for the kill and a lot more knockouts. And, you know, people boxing has upped its game and it's relevant again. Now, the money has always been tremendously more than, than MMA. But uh, the hype is now in boxing. There's one more thing. You know, uh, uh, MMA is, is hard, right? It's hard, it's hard on your body. Yeah, you get hit a lot. Um, everybody, boxing is is, is is in a sense slightly less uh, uh, traumatic uh, t- towards your body um, but the problem is in order to become a good boxer it takes a much longer time so you know it's a, it's a, it's an interesting conundrum that we have there um, you, you see it very often when you come to the show on the 25th there's a couple of guys debuts MMAers that are debuting boxing and they're fighting de- uh, debut boxers, which is an interesting thing to see, you know, because yeah. there's a toughness about an MMA that, you know, you can't, you can't buy that. But um, so a lot of people want to transition right now. Yeah. And you're, and you're doing it. Like you said, on, on your promotion, you have for people that don't know, listening, go check it out. Global Legion. Um, you combine, you know, MMA and boxing events into one. Um, I'm curious on my end too. So does it go, does it, go from a boxing fight right to MMA and back and forth, or is there? Okay. So you haven't seen it. I've got to say, so this is, (laughs) it's funny because it took a little while for me to get it right. I mean, I've, you know, I screwed up a few times uh, in numerous shows trying to get it to work. 
And then all of a sudden it dawned on me that, because the problem was, for me, MMA was completely and utterly synonymous with some sort of polygonous uh, 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 shaped ring, either you know an octagon or, or a round or a hexagon, but that shape. It never, it never occurred to me that it could be square, right? Well, then I thought, imagine if the cage was square. What would it do for the game? Automatically, I can tell you what it does for the game. A square cage pushes the game towards the center because there's no, there's no corners in an octagon. You don't want to get caught in one of those corners in MMA. You just don't. Do you see what I'm saying? So people are really, really careful about how how they're playing their game. So it has created it's created a lot of knockouts in the show. But going back, yes, but I, I had this idea. I bought a 24 foot uh, ring, and then I created panels right that sit around the uh, around the, the the ring, and it creates a, a square cage. Now I go in inside and I put on the boxing poles, which are, which are always a little bit further in. I put my my ropes. So um, I begin the show with a boxing ring, but it's inside of a cage. So that's where the boxing happens, and then we have an intermission. We take out the ropes, and the MMA happens. So they happen. They don't. They they don't inter, They don't. They don't mix. It's 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 the it's the boxing card and then the MMA card, which is also done for purposes of of um, television, because then you sell two shows. You sell a boxing show and an MMA show. So that was the idea, and, it, and it's great because uh, I've actually patented it um, because um, um, it, it really does what it says on the tin. It's a hybrid show, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very, it's very interesting. I'm excited to see it on the yeah. 25th. Um, a few guys from Fifth Street Gym here in Miami or Mall is going to be on that card. Excited to see him fight for the WBC Mediterranean belt. And, um, you know, another Fifth Street guy, uh, Noel McCallion, who fought on one of your cards in the past, also captured the WBC Cruiserweight Intercontinental. So you, you also have the WBC involved. Um, you're doing some great things also on the fight app, which I think is really exciting because even this Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley thing was on the fight app, the Tyson Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. They're doing a lot of high profile um, events and, and for Global Legion to be tied to that, it must be like a pretty exciting partnership for you guys. Well, you know, again, uh, it definitely is. They're a great platform. They're very stable and it's a brand name. We've been with them for a little while now uh, before they even got bigger. Um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of platforms out there that 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 are, they're just the real deal. You know, they're a really good platform. So it's great to be with them. But um, um, eventually, you know, well, then we're going to get into another conversation. Eventually, you probably want to get real TV because real TV is king still. You know, your ESPNs and your you know, it's just where you want to be eventually because. Uh, Still to this day, you know, people watch that more than anything else. It's just how it is, you know. Sure. Or or a, or a the zone or UFC five pass one of those two, you know. Sure. Well, yourself as a promoter now, I kind of want to bring it back to some of our earlier conversation. Um, you know, you're you've been a performer your whole life, and we talked about the escapism factor of training and different personas within that. Now you're a promoter, you're not necessarily 
in the camera. However, you look at a guy like Eddie Hearn with Matram, and he's doing a tremendous job at building his own personal brand. People really know Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn. Whereas in the UFC, you look at that with Dana White. Dana White has his personal brand. Is that something that you're going to look to build um, in the future as people look at you as, you know, you're, you are a brand as well, along with Global Legion? Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that. And quite frankly, um, I think if you try too hard to do that, it's not going to be successful. I think you know, this is a genuinely kind of organic process. You kind of earn that, right? You can't fool people into being, I'm not that guy. So um, I do have a, a, a strong character. And when I do something, I think I do it quite well. So eventually, you know, you do get the recognition that you want. Um, you know, uh, they, they say in Greece, uh, this is a saying like, a lot of people hated money. Nobody hated glory, right? So uh, <laughs> glory is fun, you know, glorious in recognition. But um, um, if it happens, it'll be very welcome. But if it doesn't happen and the show kicks off, um, that's great. Look, I'll tell you something. I'm doing this show and I'm only 50% of the show. The other 50% is my wife. Um, and she's an incredible lady. In fact, she should be here. I should wow. get her to come there. But yeah, um, maybe you should do one with her one day. Yeah, she is. Um, um, she's a mighty force in the sense that she's the first serious woman promoter in America. Wow. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and you know, she's. Um, if you ask the commission, like they they would hire her in, in a second because she's very good at what she does. Every single fire on the show is terrified of her. Right? <laughs> they don't give a shit about me. But her, they don't want to mess around with her because she's tough and she knows the sport and she knows how to deal with everything. And uh, so she, she does all the back end of it, you know, all the, all the, the really difficult stuff that I can't, that I can't do. So I, I thought it was important to mention that. So, um, you know, being a gorgeous lady as she is, she's, I think she's got more chance of being a sort of celebrity through this than I have. <laughs> uh, if that's the case, so be it. Look, I think it's a bonus if that happens. For me, the important thing is for the show to do well and, and for the brand to to keep its integrity. You know, we our logo is that we are the home of the fighter. This thing started very organically because I just couldn't stand the way fighters were being treated because I, that's what I did before. I, I, I cornered fighters and I went around the world and it was really rough and, you know, I thought, okay, we've got to do something. But um, so, so that, that's what we do uh, in Global. Um, so in the time, and, and people have, have understood that when you speak with people like Donato or, you know, people that are, you know, uh, credible members of the boxing or, or, or MMA community, everybody will tell you, you know, that, you know, everybody wants to fight in the show because of the experience, you know, that you have as, as an athlete uh, within the show. It's very important to us. Everybody gets their own dressing room, for example. Yeah. Denato, no, like no show does that by the UFC. Yeah, Donato like mentioned day, that. Yeah, so. he mentioned that to me. Sorry to interrupt you, but he um, shout out to Coach Donato and and his his great brand, Virtuous Boxing, best uh, boxing shoes on the market. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. Um, but he was telling me about you know just the first class nature of your promotion and mentioned that everyone gets their own dressing room. 
And, um, you know, I'm excited to see that September 25th and, and check out just the overall quality of the event and see the fights. And of course the crossover with boxing and MMA, I think is very interesting. You mentioned, um, the other day, I don't know if you can talk about this yes, but yet, but some expansion of the promotion potentially into other areas. Um, are there other markets um, outside of Florida that you're looking to hold events in the near future? Yeah, um, I've actually just moved over here, moved to Carolina. Um, and the move was definitely, um, you know, two field in the sense that I love living here, but I also wanted to expand the business over here. This is a different geographical territory that um, has not got um, a brand name show going on. Um, it's geographically and strategically positioned in a place where it's surrounded by a lot of other states um, that are quite close. So you can pull um, uh, fighters from, from all those uh, states. Um, and yes, we are starting to do a show here beginning 4th of December. We have our first show in South Carolina. Um, and um, yeah, we're definitely hoping to do at least a series of 10 shows over here in the next year. Uh, we're keeping uh, the shows down in, in Florida. Um, and yeah, ideally when uh, LA opens up, we, we want to do a show over there. So yeah, because yeah, they're not open yet over there. Right. Exciting to hear about you know, the Carolinas as well. You know, we talked a little bit about Charlotte and how that city is booming and a lot of young people, you know, I'm sure they'd be very receptive to an event like Global Legion. So that'll be very interesting for you guys as you continue to build and, and grow. Um, wanted to sort of close things out with a quote that I saw from you. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, you said we're all born into a role, but the person we become depends on us. And where did I say that? I saw that. Uh, I did a little digging online and there was a, well, in an interview or something, other piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I oh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I do say that, but I didn't, I didn't know that I said that uh, publicly at some point. Yeah. So I saw that and I was thinking, you know, obviously an interesting quote and sort of ties into what we were talking about earlier was um but i'd love to have you maybe open that up look i mean you're going to get me all emotional now uh because uh, you know i'm i'm not one of those people that learns from other people's mistakes there's are people that you'll tell don't touch this because it's hot and they won't because you told them i will touch it right so um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I've grown through pain, you know, and that is my path to growth. Um, and um, I think that's where the, I think that the quote is a derivative of that, so to speak. Um, you know, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I love it. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, I, I was thinking about it myself in terms of, you know, there's certain expectations put on you depending on where you grow up or what you're involved in. But, um, you know, it's important to have your own vision and your own 
path well, you know, if, what you if want. If you if you if you don't, then you're not believable. You know what I mean? It's like I see people in the in, like I produce a lot of music now because I you know when I, I write a lot of music for films, I get a lot of young artists that come, as you can see, in the studio and um, and and I produce their music. Um, and you know, every now and then you'll get that guy or that girl that comes in and is kicking and screaming and they want to do their own thing and that's who I want to work with. As hard as it is, when I get the cookie cutter people that come in and they sound like somebody else and they want to do that, I'm like, I'm not interested. You know, go out there and do what it is you do and what it is you like, because it's the only way for success. You, it's just how it is. You know. Um, so, yeah. I love it. Well, that's a, that's a great way for the listeners to close this out, hopefully get some motivation um, on this podcast. But once again, September 25th, Global Legion, Weston, Florida, I believe. It's going to be a great night. So if you're in the area, please look at tickets. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, going to be on fight once again. Um, yeah, so fight TV and we're at the Bonaventure Hotel which is a lovely hotel. I, I strongly encourage people to take our rate and have a little weekend there because it's a really great place to, to go hang out. Um, um, it's going to be a really fun night, really, really fun. Um, and uh, look, we have a WBC title and a Global Legion title and about 15 fights. I mean, what else do you want, right? There you go. That's a that's a um, whole night of fights. So great. It's going to be great. And some seriously good fights. I mean, the Ermal fight, um, uh, uh, but it's going to be a great fight. He's fighting a, a kid from Greece that I brought over. Um, quite frankly, between you and me, you know, Ermal should should do the trick. You know, uh, obviously, but um, the kids, it's tough, right? So it's going to be a good fight. That's that, I take pride in that. I don't really put you know, fights on that are uneven. So I'm really excited about that. There's a great, uh, uh, there's a great uh, boxing uh, debut in uh, Scotty Stockman who fought for us a few times. Great fighter, great young lad, um, uh, 45er. And um, we have um, also uh, Yanis Bashar, who's one of our biggest, my biggest prospect uh, fighting uh, for the belt against a really tough guy. And um, um, hopefully, um, uh, you know, it's going to deliver the goods. I'm sure it is. It's going to be great. Everyone go check it out on Instagram. Follow Global Legion. Check it out on the Fight app and coming soon to Weston, Florida. So if you're in the area, go to the Bonaventure. You said the Bonaventure Hotel? The Bonaventure Hotel, yes. There it is. So book your room and have a good weekend full of fights. Um, Cosmos, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And I think our listeners will uh, really enjoy this one. And me too. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's really great chatting with you. It really is. Appreciate it.